Welcome back, listeners, to the SSSF Range Time Podcast. I'm so excited to be back with you guys. We've got a big episode, of course. Um, nationals are coming up in less than a month as of this recording, so I'm so happy to uh, see you guys there on the ground at the Cardinal Shooting Center. Um, this year is crazy. It is the bounce back year. The bounce back from the quarantine, the COVID, whatever you want to call it, our numbers at Nationals are absolutely huge. And to give you perspective, back in 2019, the SETP had a record year. Of course, 2020 got hit a little bit. But back in 2019, uh, there were about 1,800 athletes registered. For 2021, we are sitting at over 3,000. We are excited. We are ecstatic. We are so happy that so many of our teams are ready to get back to shooting, get back to nationals. On the SASP side, they're back in person at the Cardinal Center, of course. And every year, the SASP continues to make a world record as the world's largest action shooting event in history. Every year, year over year. And this one is no different with a huge uptick. Over a 28% increase in event entry. So we are so excited to see so many of our teams, our athletes, our families, our supporters there on the ground throughout Nationals Week. New offerings this year uh, include, from the SETP, Super Sporting Clays. We'll have that three different days of uh, 100 targets. And then the SASP's newly established international air disciplines. We've got those Olympic-style events, uh, and those are right off the tail end of USA Shootings National Junior Olympic Shooting Championships, where over actually 22% of the participants were SASP athletes. So, uh, and we actually got a couple podium finishes there. So, we're very proud of our athletes there. Um, again, Nationals is going to be huge. We're so excited to see you guys there on the ground at Cardinal Center. This is a record breaking year that no one will ever forget. So, back to a normal Nationals event schedules, we will have the opening ceremonies on Wednesday night. Um, at the grandstands where all the teams parade in and uh, we'll also recognize scholarship uh, recipients and we'll also recognize the all scholastic team members which we'll get into here in a second um, of course there's going to be side matches for sasp we've got sk ammunition we've got tipman arms we've got metal madness there's going to be a ton of side matches on the ground um, to participate in throughout the week we have pro shooter demos J.J. Rakaza from Team Beretta and Shane Coley from Team Glock will be there giving out shooting demos and we'll actually have a couple more surprises from them. Um, we also want to thank all of our sponsors, donors, industry partners uh, who have been supporting our programs, our teams, and, and continue to do so, especially in you know this past year where ammunition has been really hard to source. On the SCTP side, Winchester and Federal have both confirmed there'll be plenty of ammo at Nationals um, sold through the Sportsman's Den store there uh, on Vendor Row. And on the SASP side, uh, CCI is providing rimfire ammo. Um, if your team has registered and paid for Nationals, you can pre-order CCI mini mags for $10 per 100 rounds. You can pre-order 200 rounds per rimfire discipline shot at Nationals. One of the team coaches must pick up and pay for all the team's ammo. Um, again, pre-order once your team has registered and paid. And that's while supplies last. You can contact Chris Leach. Uh, that's K-R-I-S at 
mysasp.com for those pre-orders. Uh, ammo pickup will be available each day at uh, 8.30 a.m. and 12.30 p.m. And, you know, to really convey how big Nationals is going to be. On the SASP side, we've actually expanded from 8 bays to 12 shooting bays. So we're really going to have a ton more space to help run through all our teams for Nationals. But with those extra bays also requires the need for safety officers. So if your team is attending or, uh, you know, if you're listening to this and you're just spectating, what have you, whatever that gets you down to the Cardinal Center for Nationals, um, we'd really appreciate having safety officers and scorekeepers for half-day volunteer sessions. In appreciation, your name will be entered into a drawing for a bunch of great prizes, and that includes some guns. So if you're interested in that, head over to the MySASP website. Under Nationals, you'll see the posting about safety officer signups for the 2021 Nationals. Um, if you're not really familiar of, of what we require for safety officers and scorekeepers, just head on over there. We've got a great rundown of what we need you to do, and uh, it would just really help us out to make sure that all of our athletes have a very smooth running national championship event uh, at such a huge scale this year. So we're look, really looking forward to that. Appreciate any help that you can lend to us throughout the week. And again, those are just half-day um, volunteer slots, so no need to dedicate a whole day or multiple days. Oh, and I forgot to mention for side matches, we're also hosting an adult shoot on Tuesday the 13th and Thursday the 15th during SASP Nationals. That match starts approximately at 5 p.m. Uh, those evenings. Um, it's going to be limited to 72 entries, the top male and female pistol shooters, and the top male female rifle shooters will win guns. Pistol winners will win a Browning 1911-22, and then the rifle winners will get a 22 rifle. Uh, the match fee is going to be $40 per discipline, uh, with proceeds going to the SASP National Championship Scholarship Fund. So in order to pay for that match fee, um, or even just donate to the scholarship fund without participating in the match, go ahead and head over to the MySASP website, Click on Nationals tab on the top, uh, and you'll see the National Championship Scholarship Fund adult shoot there. On the SATP side, of course, games are returning, like make a break. Uh, there'll be daily ammunition prizes, uh, awards for top lane, top guy. The overall winner will actually walk away with a brand new Winchester SX3, so make sure to check that out throughout the week. Uh, another really awesome game throughout Nationals is Shoot the Flurry. So if you haven't seen that before, it's a bunch of shooters out on the line, and our staff will throw out a bunch of targets, random order, random orientation, uh, and just a tons of fun. Just everyone nailing targets. Uh, they're flying out like crazy. So definitely check that. Adults can play the games there, uh, but you're not eligible to receive the prizes, just the kids. Loads of fun there. It's right by the grandstands uh, and uh, usually right by the CZ USA tent. The Kids and Clays charity shoot is returning. This time with a five-stand event being held Wednesday the 14th and Thursday the 15th, uh, as well as the usual Sporting Clays event on Friday and Saturday. Registrants for both events will be entered for drawings for a large set of prizes, including firearms, outdoors gear, uh, something like $10,000. So that's really cool. And of course, you're supporting a great organization, a cause. And you know, I mentioned the CZ USA tent over by the grandstands. The CZ USA Top Gun Challenge is returning this year uh, with the young guns of Quail Creek's Jack Krasilak 
I hope I am butcher your name, buddy. Uh, defending his two-year title of Top Gun. So if you're not familiar with that, athletes registered for the Top Gun Challenge, uh, they're competing in trap, skeet, sporting clays, iron sight pistol, uh, your fastest rifle time, and 1911, with all the scores from each event being compiled to uh, calculate the winners. So if you're interested in that, Sign-ups are going to be held at the SASP registration desk uh, at the Central Events Building at the Cardinal Shooting Center. And last year, Jack, being the champion, he won a CZUSA Drake shotgun, a Ruger 10-22, and a Browning Buckmark pistol. Uh, second place went to Bailey Luters. She finished just 12 points behind. It was the highest finishing female ever uh, for the CZUSA Top Gun Challenge, and she won. She also won a CZ Drake shotgun. Third place went to Wyatt Young. He got a Glock certificate for a pistol of his choice, and we continue to award down through sixth place, at least last year. So um, so really looking forward to uh, athletes who participate in both SCTP and SASP uh, really duking it out for the CZ Top Gun Challenge. Uh, and I want to come back to the 2021 SSSF All-Scholastic team. That was announced a few days ago, and... You know, just like the Nationals registration numbers, we had a record number of applicants and uh, awarded team members. 348 athletes were awarded all scholastic team honors. That's over last year's number of 293. So uh, I was really excited to see those huge uptick in numbers uh, for both applicants and awardees. So the all scholastic team members uh, attending the 2021 national championships next month you're going to be honored with a certificate pin and you'll also be listed on the all scholastic team banner in front of the central events building and that's usually a great photo op for athletes and families to take advantage of uh, there on the ground at nationals um, if you'd like to see who made the all scholastic team go ahead and head over to the sssf website that's sssfonline.org if you head over to news and uh, the SSSF headlines, you'll see that all scholastic team announcement right there. We're really thrilled for nationals, but we do have some bad news. Um, youth shooting sports has has lost Jack Fishburn. Now, Mr. Jack Fishburn uh, was the owner of the Cardinal Shooting Center. Um, and of course, with, with heavy hearts, uh, we say that the world has lost a great man. As owner of the Cardinal Shooting Center, he, he supported the SCTP and the SASP like no other. Um, and it really, he really made us feel like home there at the Carnal Center. From the additions to the action shooting bays this year to the big project of the, the new Skeet and Bunker Fields last year, Jack really wanted to keep building it and, and grow uh, youth shooting sports uh, involvement. Um, and uh, we miss him, but his legacy will live on in the Carnal Shooting Center that he built Nationals this year is confirmed to be the biggest year yet, and uh, we know Jack would be proud. So before we get into our interviews for uh, this month's episode, um, just want to let you know, next episode uh, in July, we'll be on the ground at the Carnell Center, and rather than uh, just one episode for the month, I've actually got a, a couple interviews lined up, so we're going to rapidly release some, uh, some episodes throughout the week. Um, confirmed, I can tell you, we're going to have Mr. Bill Dickinson of Tetra Hearing. They are a silver level sponsor of the SCTP. And uh, I've got a real treat. We've got Brenda and Larry Potterfield of the Midway USA Foundation. 
they'll be visiting uh, Nationals on the 16th. So that is, uh, you know, of course, going to be Midway USA Foundation Day. They've agreed to sit down with me uh, for a little podcast interview. So I'm so excited to meet them and uh, speak with them. So we are ready to hop into our interviews. All right, podcast listeners, we are actually here with a familiar voice. I've got Ben Burka on the line with us. He is the executive director of the Triple SF, and I wanted to bring him on today to talk about the suite of um, coach curriculum training that we have uh, available for everyone. And it's it's a relatively new thing. Just kind of wanted to give a good overview on what we offer. So Ben, thanks so much for taking the time out to jump back on the podcast with us. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Thanks for covering this topic and uh, and for having me on. Yeah, so a little bit later, I'm going to roll in an interview with some uh, SASP curriculum development staff because the SASP was actually just in Pennsylvania doing a train the trainer course. We took some instructors who really wanted to teach the curriculum to other folks who are interested in becoming action shooting coaches on youth shooting sports teams. You know, most most people may not know much about the coach curriculum that the SSSF offers. Ben, could you kind of talk about the history of why we decided to create these classes and, and maybe how they differ from other training that's out there? Sure. Yeah, so... Both of the SSSF's programs, the Scholastic Clay Target Program, Scholastic Action Shooting Program, are fueled by volunteers. And most of the volunteers we have are either parents or grandparents of kids involved in our programs. So as you can imagine, as, as kids cycle in and out of our programs, so do our coaches. And, and the data that we've looked at indicates that we have about 30% churn in our volunteer coach uh, force, if you will. Um, that turns over every year. And uh, if you look at our programs, really the work is getting done by our volunteers. I mean, they're the ones that are organizing the kids, um, organizing the team, conducting practices, uh, getting these kids to and from competitions, um, doing all the administrative aspects of what it takes to run a, a, a shooting team. You know, it's no different than any other uh, youth sports team. So there's, there's a lot involved. If you look at shooting sports compared to other traditional, let's say, ball sports, um, there's a little bit more of an intimidation factor just from the standpoint that we use firearms and uh, obviously responsible adults want to make sure that they're being responsible and and they want to make sure that they've got the best training they can get. Yeah, we kind of owe it to those, those young athletes to um, create the best environment that uh, we have to offer. Yeah, absolutely. And... So where SSSF got started in this, uh, historically we've used uh, training courses uh, from other organizations, and the standard way to certify a shooting coach was uh, volunteers would show up to a, a location, typically a gun club or a classroom for a day and then a gun club for another day, uh, but it would be a multi-day training and would require the volunteer to take uh, probably t- take time off work on the front end to travel in somewhere on, say, a Friday. Uh, training would start on Saturday, run through Sunday, um, and so they well, they would have the the expense of time, uh, the expense of uh, money, obviously, and transportation to and from uh, somewhere, and oftentimes overnight expenses in a in a hotel. So, you know, if we think about think about it from the standpoint of a of a volunteer who's weighing the options of getting involved in 
shooting sports with their kids or their grandkids or traditional ball sports. Um, you know, it's a lot easier to kind of kind of fake your way through it, if you will, on more traditional sports, whereas, you know, our responsible volunteers in the shooting sports want to make sure they're trained. And so our goal really in developing our SSSF uh, coach education program was to make sure it was easy for the average volunteer to get started and cost-effective as well. Yeah, it sounds like we're almost removing a, uh, a roadblock to the buy-in to get involved here. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So we want to make it easy. We want to, we want to make those volunteers that are just thinking about dipping their toe in the water, um, in getting started with their, with their child or their grandchild, uh, to, just to have an easy place to jump off and get started. So on the front end of these courses, you are, it's primarily online based, correct? That's correct. Um, so with the SSSF Coach Education Program, we have uh, two distinct courses, uh, one designed for shotgun sports coaches, the other one designed for action shooting sports coaches. So uh, obviously we want everyone who takes that course to be involved in the Scholastic Clay Target Program or the Scholastic Action Shooting Program. Uh, but regardless, uh, if, you're, if you're taking, say, the shotgun course, for example, uh, you could, you'd be well equipped to go out and lead any shotgun program. We wanted to make it uh, generic enough that other other programs and, and other folks involved in shotgun sports for a variety of reasons could take that course and and benefit from it. But at the same time, it's not a blanket coach um, kind of training course on how to work with youth athletes. It's very specific to shotgun sports and specific to action shooting sports. Is that correct? It is. It is. Yeah. And both courses are um, are very comprehensive, and that's you know, one thing I think that surprises people is, is how comprehensive it is. And we really wanted to tailor it so uh, it would benefit the brand new average coach uh, who's getting started. Maybe, maybe he's never been around the shooting sports and those who have been around for a long time. Um, so we've had feedback from uh, master class uh, clay shooters who've come back and said, this is great. You know, I, I thought I knew a lot, but there's a lot of things I picked up from the course and, and there's definitely value in taking it. So as I mentioned earlier, it's actually primarily online based and that is accessible through laptops, PCs, you know, Macs, tablets, phones even. You can actually access your training 24/7 365 days a year. So again, removing another uh barrier for entry for these coaches who want to really uh get a very comprehensive training on how to work with youth shooting sports teams. Um so after you complete the online portion, then what happens? Cuz we got a get the actual certification out of the way. How is that handled? Yeah. So the, the way we do that is through a, a half day hands-on range day. So a priority of ours since we started the course was to expand our trainer capacity. So we have a number of partners at the state and local level uh, who go out and teach the range day portion of the course. So uh, really our goal is to increase the capacity of that and get more people out in all corners of all states teaching the courses. But when you come to a, a range day, uh, it's it's going to be very hands-on. And when we started developing the curriculum, you know, we sat down with with a number of experts in the shooting sports, and we all agreed that we couldn't do this 100% online alone. There had to be a range day portion. Uh, there's just a lot of things you can't communicate uh, through a computer. So what we've tried to do, and, and I think we've been quite successful with it, is cover all the things that would typically be done in a classroom in a very consistent manner online. But then when we get to the range day, 
you know, that's the time where we, we work on a lot of the specific skills and introduction to live fire uh, in a very structured and, and uh, proven manner uh, to get athletes started in a, in a safe and successful way. So when you say a half-day format, it's it's quite literally four hours uh, jam-packed. But at the same time, because there's been so much curriculum ingested on the front end, you do get that very hands-on uh, experience with the trainers. Yeah, that's right. And that's that's really the advantage of the online portion first is the trainers at the range days don't have to cover a whole lot of ground uh, that would typically be, be covered in a, in a traditional hands-on setting the the students have been through that. And so, you know, they're ready to go and, and ready to get right to the, the hands-on portion. So, so it is a, it is a full half day, but uh, so to cater to the uh, time constraints of most of our volunteers, they're busy people. We want to be able to get them in and out in a half day. And, and if they have travel on, on each end um, you know, they can leave from home in the morning and be back home that evening for dinner. Well, I know everyone on the, the different development staff, uh, are really excited to get this rolled out. We we did have a little bit of a delay, is that correct? Because due to COVID, we were actually going to roll this out last year. Yeah, that's right. So uh, pretty much when the world shut down, I recall I was at a at a large conference of uh, fish and wildlife agencies uh, working with a lot of state leaders and gave a presentation on, on the big grand rollout uh, of the program. And uh, I remember going home from that meeting and everybody was uh, – getting calls from their spouses to make sure they grab toilet paper from the, uh, the motel room on their way home. <laughs> so, you know, obviously with travel restrictions, uh, after that, it, uh, delayed our implementation plans to get, uh, range days conducted to get our train, the trainer sessions conducted. But fortunately we had had our online course launched. And so while people had time on their hands at home, uh, they could, they could go through the online content and uh, when we originally rolled out the course, we had a six-month grace period from the time a student completes the online course to the time they take the range day. And we did that just from a, you know, there's a convenience factor of finding a range day that's close, but also a retention factor in that we want our coach candidates to make sure they know the material uh, before they come out to that range day. But we, we extended that to 12 months um, due to COVID. And as we get going here and get people caught up and get more trainers on the ground, uh, we'll be looking at going back to that six month, uh, window. Right on. Well, it sounds like, uh, we're ready to go roll on that again. And just so everyone knows, you know, the, what is covered in the curriculum, there's not only just how to, how to work, um, manage a team, but also fundraising. We're talking about marksmanship with these students, uh, pertaining to their specific sports. Um, just a very comprehensive, look at how to work with uh, shooting sports teams. So we're really excited to get that going. And um, Ben, thank you so much for your time. And uh, I think this is a really good intro um, for our conversation with our development staff uh, at the SASP. So that'll be the next interview. Um, again, Ben, thank you for your time and really appreciate it. Great. Thank you, Tom. And, and thank you to all the volunteers who are taking the time to take the course and be our next generation of coaches. And if someone is interested in uh, taking some of these courses, go ahead and head over to the My SCTP or My SASP website. And at the top, you'll see Coach Education. Just click the link and follow to the training courses. All right, folks, we are in Factoryville, Pennsylvania. I've got Mr. Kelvin Walton, who is your Director of Development for the Scholastic Action Shooting Program. 
um, and you were part of the development staff for the action shooting curriculum uh, that was put on by the Triple SF. And I've also got Mr. Elliot Jardines. He is the state advisor for Virginia. He is a coach. He is a parent of an athlete. I guess, Kelvin, you are also a parent of an athlete. Two athletes. Two athletes. And um, we are here as part of the... The Triple SF Basic Action Shooting Coach Train the Trainer. So the big part of this is we've got eight new trainers in various states who are able to bring on new coaches who are interested in getting involved in youth shooting sports. Uh, We've got new trainers in Pennsylvania, California, Washington, Florida, and Michigan now. Now, guys, today we walk them through the not only the curriculum of the basic action shooting coach program, but also um, how to teach these new folks who are interested in becoming new coaches. Correct. We walked them through and they actually performed the field day today. So we conducted the field day with them as a coach candidate today. And that gives them the hands-on experience from all of the online training that they did with the SSSF coach training program with the 13 modules for there. So they all got the hands-on experience today that they will be refining tomorrow so that they can teach the new coach candidates coming in, which we have 12 new coach candidates coming in on Sunday to be trained as the basic action shooting coaches And then these train-the-trainer candidates will be able to take those skills to their home states and train coaches in their state and maybe even travel to some other states to coach or train additional coaches to be able to uh, start teams and help facilitate the uh, growth of the program. Yeah, so this is not only the growth of, of coaches, but also maybe new teams in new areas. Correct. Having these new coach trainers will allow us to be able to expand the program. There's a lot of people out there that do not feel comfortable starting up teams without having the hands-on training of the coach program. So this will be able to, again, facilitate the growth of the program, not only within their state, but other states, but also expand the coaching staff within you know each of the teams that are out there. Right. And some of the curriculum we go over is not only uh, coaching kids on marksmanship, but also managing teams, because that's, that's a big responsibility of these head coaches is managing the team. Correct. And teaching them how to run a practice manage that team in practice, and also get them prepared for the ultimate thing of competing in matches. Kelvin, I think that's one of the important points there is from a state advisor perspective. The two biggest challenges we have in starting new teams is adequate coaching staff and then facilities, ranges. And so, um, and typically we can find a range in the local area and work with that range, but finding the adults that are willing to take on the idea of uh, being the head coach and, and establishing a team is um, takes a fair amount of effort from a state advisor perspective and having a program like this that's turnkey and, and provides all of the training and hands-on experience for those folks. Having gone through something similar back in 2015 when I joined the program, when I left my coach training program um, that SASP put on in Illinois, um, I felt fully capable of running a team. Um, and that's exactly what we're aiming to do. And you don't have to travel halfway across the country because we'll hopefully have plenty of coach candidates in your area. And on top of all of that, most of this curriculum, you get on the front end as part of the online curriculum. And that really helps out um, when you show up to the to the course that way we're able to run through this thing in 
four hours of the target. Correct. It's really time effective. And the online courses, uh, the $75, very cost effective. And they get to take that at their leisure to be able to finish that course. Once they finish it, they can sign up for a field day, hopefully in their state or in their region where the tra- the trainers can travel to and gain those skills. So they do have that ability to feel comfortable and, and properly manage a team. Elliot, you mentioned the the curriculum really being turnkey and, and very helpful. Kind of talk about the organization who, um, who we trained with today. Sure. So uh, we're lucky to have the U.S. Naval Sea Cadet Corps, um, which is a, a youth development program, much like we are. It's uh, similar to Junior ROTC or Civil Air Patrol. Um, it's a program that's uh, nationwide, uh, actually, and overseas at uh, some military installations. There are approximately 400 Sea Cadet units in the, around the country and overseas, and so they, uh, about a year or so ago, maybe two years. Uh, joined with SASP, and um, in essence, SASP is their uh, firearms and marksmanship program. Um, they have uh, joined with us and partnered with us as an opportunity to, to in essence, grow both programs and our ability to uh, expand. We're now in states that we simply had no presence because there's so many of these sea cadet units Right, so with about roughly 400 of them, it's worked out extremely well. So we have a number of Sea Cadet regional marksmanship, uh, I don't know what they're calling them, directors or whatnot, um, who are the regional guys that in essence will serve uh, like a state advisor role um, for Sea Cadets units that want to do SASP. Yeah, from what I understood, they're in charge of a region. So they're in charge of several states. right. Right, and that sort of mirrors the sea cadets have, um, you know, unit commanders, and then above that there's a regional person, and so this marksmanship program mirrors that regional structure, um, which has worked very well uh, in the past. And um, from a sea cadet perspective, they are putting folks into those regional marksmanship director roles who have deep knowledge of the fundamentals of marksmanship, most importantly, firearm safety, uh, and can help new units establish, you know, SASP teams. So before we hit record, you actually said, you know, I've, I've got a story of how we got involved with the sea cadets. You want to go into that? Yeah. So the funny thing about that is uh, it's just as things go, it's a small world. Um, when we were starting our team, team locomotion, um, in Loudoun County, Virginia, um, we reached out. One of the goals I had was I wanted 50, 50% participation of females. Um, and that's, you know, one of the few teams in the country. Uh, we might be the only one that consistently has 50% or in some years more than 50%. And so I was making a very strong push to recruit females and a family was recommended to me. I reached out to them and they said, you know, <clears throat> we'd be interested in that, but we're also starting up the, a new sea cadet unit. Um, and so um, the person that we interacted with, um, the couple who started the unit, uh, Matt and Vicki Powell, um, Vicki ended up 
working for the Sea Cadets eventually as the director of unit training. Um, and through our involvement with that local unit, the Viking Division, um, we ran a Master at Arms summer program. Master at Arms is the Navy's law enforcement. That's right? what they call their cops. Uh, and so there was a shooting component to that that wasn't terribly well-defined. Um, and so in essence, what we did is we came up with a, um, a basic qualification that has evolved into the official Sea uh, Cadet qualification, which is also SASP will be adopting that soon. Um, and then we also gave them the opportunity to shoot steel. So we had them shoot paper, and then we had a stage set up and ran them through SASP. Um, and then when Vicky got into that role with Sea um, Cadet Headquarters as unit director, she discovered, again, we, there wasn't a whole lot of structure to marksmanship training in the Sea Cadets. Um, and so we were able to bring the two organizations together and, and develop uh, an MOU that was signed. And subsequent to that, after the SASP curriculum for this the online curriculum was developed, SASP, or the Sea Cadets then approached SASP about helping them develop curriculum for their units. And so um, the Sea Cadets actually have the luxury above and beyond the training that's available through this coach certification online and during the field day, they actually have a year's worth of curriculum for their drill weekends um, where we introduce all of the SASP fundamentals to gear them towards competing at nationals, what have you. So speaking of nationals, how many sea cadet teams are we expecting at in July? I don't know uh, how many we'll have. We had one team two years ago. Uh, it was actually it wasn't a team. It was uh, the local sea cadet unit unit, um, you know, in, in there in Ohio was actually the color guard. Um, for uh, opening ceremony, and then afterwards we had them uh, come to the base and they practice. So I it wouldn't surprise me if uh, if we didn't have a dozen teams um, participate in some form or another. Um, because of COVID, like everything else, right? Our rollout of this has been truncated, um, and Sea Cadets likewise really just getting started, and so. Um, you know, we have teams in Virginia that are just getting started and are, you know, trying to get guns and whatnot. So um, it's still uh, a bit early to expect a lot, but I can certainly next year, I would think we're going to have a ton of folks because, right, the units, this the complication of getting guns and right now ammo is not available. Um, and so, and everybody's got to gear up to get ranges, um, set up. Um, but f from what I hear, uh, at least within my state, that's gone very well. The Sea Cadet units that have started uh, teams have reached out to commercial ranges and other locations and have been welcomed with open arms. Um, and so it's all been very positive, at least in Virginia. I can't speak for other states. Nice. So with, with these new trainers on the ground, um, and, and actually we've got 13 coach candidates coming in on Sunday. We're recording this Friday night 
on Sunday, those new trainers that we certified today and tomorrow, they're going to be teaching new basic action shooting coach candidates. Um, well, in several different states, right? So we've got so many regions covered just in one weekend. Um, and it's very, like we said earlier, it's very time efficient. For someone who's listening, who's involved in SASP and SCTP for that matter, because we do have um, a similar online curriculum set up for that program. You know, if someone wants to get involved, is it, would you say, Kelvin, is it very basic, like the name says, or does a a coach who's been a head coach on a team, are they going to get something out of this course? Definitely. I mean, this this course is geared specifically to SASP and the action shooting. So there's always going to be something that they can learn from this, whether it be how, you know, some new drills that they can use for practice, how to better manage their teams. Uh, we see a lot of times at competitions where the new coaches on new teams have not had the exposure to an, a competition yet. So if they go through this training, they're going to be much better prepared you know, for that competition, even though they may be a, a seasoned coach. Um, there's a lot of sharing and networking going on at the, the classes, so people are going to be willing to share the drills that they utilize um, and, and training that they've received to be able to uh, further expand the level of knowledge for these coaches. But we do want to have multiple trainers in every state so that we can facilitate as many field days as possible. So if there are people that are interested in doing that that are currently in the program, coaches in the program, reach out to us, um, and we will take that into consideration for who we will have as trainers in the program. Those who want to have the field day, as we have these new trainers coming on board, we will be able to create and um, hold more field days throughout the country. And if you have a state advisor in your state, please contact them, and they can help assist um, getting a field day set up, either through myself or one of the other trainers, and we can uh, help facilitate that to you know get those new coaches trained. With the Train the Trainer program, we are introducing these new trainers to several of the sponsors that we have and some of the training tools that are, I think, quite critical to the program to be able to help the coaches diagnose issues with their athletes. Um, the trainers uh, are able to utilize the CERT training pistols the next from Next Level Training and also the Mantis, um, which are great tools to be able to help new shooters be able to work inside especially when it's inclement weather. Um, I'm from Wisconsin, so we start early, and all of our training is inside. We utilize those training tools, and these new trainers are now exposed to those and have the ability to implement those in their coach training classes. And th those kind of tools really jumpstart um, new shooters and, I guess, running a you, – you can start practice earlier, as you said, due to weather, and um, really jumpstarting those new shooters as well as having a practice that runs more efficiently. Correct. It's additional tools where if you have limited space as far as where you can do live fire, you can have athletes on a side area utilizing the cert pistols and a mantis running through additional drills over there so that you limit the downtime that you have at your practice. So again, maximizing your training time and keeping the, the athletes involved and engaged in practices. All right, fellas. Well, uh, we had a great conversation about the online curriculum and the in-person range days. Um, and we will see you. Thank you for your time, and we'll see you uh, in Nash at Nationals in July. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, TD. Thanks for your time, guys. Being on a shooting team provides our youth with valuable life skills like confidence, responsibility, and leadership. However, most of the nation's youth shooting teams have little or no funding. 
The Midway USA Foundation is a 501c3 public charity working to sustain and grow the shooting sports industry by providing long-term funding to thousands of these teams, probably one in your community. Learn how the Midway USA Foundation is changing the future of youth shooting sports. Visit MidwayUSAFoundation.org. All right, time for a quick sponsor roundup before we head off, and we'll see you at the Cardinal Center next month. Uh, first up is Glock. Glock remains a founding partner sponsor of the SASP. It's quite often they're totally dedicated to sporting the mission of youth development through shooting sports. Um, they've been a dedicated founding partner sponsor since uh, the program formed in 2012. Um Glock advertising manager Ed Fitzgerald, love you know him, he says there are challenges now and there will be challenges ahead, but Glock applauds the young women and young men and their supportive families emerging from this chaos to come together at the Cardinal Center to compete at the SASP National Championships in July. Um, So thank you, Ed. Thank you, Glock. Uh, We are so proud and humbled to have that unwavering support of Glock year after year and attribute much of our success uh, to their dedication uh, to our youth shooting sports program. So thank you. On the SCTP side, we've got Renair Shotgun Sports. Uh, They are manufacturers of variable target throwing solutions, uh, and they've joined the family of SCTP sponsors for 2021. Actually, a former athlete. uh, In fact, Ben Renner of Renair Shotgun Sports says, Years ago in high school, I shot the SCTP Wisconsin State Championship. Our team had a blast and it's exciting to be involved with such a great program once again. I invite you to visit our booth during the event. Our Claybot lineup has so much to offer. Effective practice for the competitive shooter and an added dimension to how much fun shooting clays can be. Uh, from all of us at Renair, we hope you have a great shoot. So thank you, Renair. Uh, great to have you back uh, involved in the SATP uh, as an alumnus. Well, that does it for this month's episode. We will see you on the ground at the Cardinal Center for the 2021 National Championships. <laughs>